0: Father, this morning we just thank you, we just praise you, we just worship you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you. We thank you for another day that you have given us. It's not that we are better than anybody else, but in your goodness, your kindness, your mercy, you added one more day for the unsaved to be saved, one more day to be saved to run their course to contend for the faith that was once and for all given to the saints. One more day to serve you, Lord. But we need your power. We need your love. We can have power without love and love without power. And as we sang, Lord, we need both. Your love and your power. So Once again, as we come, the ministry of the word cleanses, sanctifies, sanctify us empty us of ourselves fill us Lord with yourself Lord we come at this time all those who are hearing everywhere the well and the unwell to the well we speak strength even more strength to serve you to those who are unwell we speak your healing let your word go forth and heal everyone Lord Every part of the world, your children who are not well, we speak healing. Thank you, thank you Father, thank you Lord. Speak to us. For in Jesus name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. amen. We had looked at Gideon. We had looked at Gideon on Friday. Yes. yes. Can I become nothing? <laughs> I don't think everybody was very pleased with that message because everybody, everybody wants to be something. Today we'll go to Judges 7 again, but we're looking at verse 3 alone. We'll go to chapter 7. Now therefore go, proclaim in the ears of the people saying, whosoever is fearful and afraid, let him return and depart early from Mount Gilead and there Return of the people, 22,000, and there remained 10,000. So today's title is, Let the Fearful Depart. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so we are called to walk by faith. But as the word of God says, we are in this world, yet not of this world. The word of God asks us to walk by faith and not by sight. That does not mean we do not walk by sight. Okay? It takes time. So often what happens is, in this world, we walk by sight, yet we know the kingdom is within, in which we can only walk by faith. So we experience the natural and the supernatural. And often, all of us can confess fear and faith. Walk together. (laughs) We are fearfully and wonderfully made, and yet we have our moments of incredible faith. So here, on the other hand, at a time of war, Israel has to go to war with an enemy that is so many times stronger than them in numbers, weapons, armor, everything. God tells Gideon, let the fearful depart, let them return early. And they had only 10,000 left, 22,000 left, okay? So let's we'll focus on these one words because this is the current spirit reigning over the earth. Often, faith acts not in the absence of fear, but despite our fears, okay? Despite our fears. He does not act only in the absence of fears. You have to, like when Gideon started, he said he's fearful, but he was fearfully obedient. Faith came in. He cut down the altar in the night. He obeyed. Often we will see that we also have fear, but in spite of fear, we act. Every act of faith is an act of obedience. Okay. When I was uh, doing my undergraduation first year, and we all had single rooms, so I still remember I had these posters. I forgot all the posters. I had lots of posters, which some I was proud of, some I was ashamed of. <laughs> ashamed of is unsaved, and uh, proud of was. But I only remember one poster till today. I can still remember the wordings of that poster. These posters we bought on the roadside on a Sunday evening. Okay, it said, Courage is fear. That has said its prayers. Okay, courage is fear that has said its prayers. Okay, they used to say in the old days when uh, the wars, the world wars, especially used to take place, and uh, the troops were in their foxholes, and early in the morning they would never know what, which bee they would get first—breakfast or bullet. So their prayers or their grace was like this. Lord, for what we are about to receive, we thank
1: Thee.
0: Okay. They wouldn't know whether they would finish their breakfast or they would be dead before breakfast is over. So their prayers was always, Lord, for what we are about to receive, we thank Thee. So fear is a part and parcel of the fallen man. And fear is one of the most subtle but most Powerful weapons used by the enemy to control mankind. And man has also worked on it and has controlled other men using fear. What is primarily fear about? If you look at it, what is primarily fear about? Fear is about loss. is about loss. Any loss. Is fear is about loss. And ultimately the loss of life. That is the ultimate fear of death. But before death, all fears are connected with loss. Loss of something which you consider or the world considers valuable. And the Bible says in Luke twenty-one twenty-six, this will only increase in the last days. And we are in the last days. It will increase. Men's, <coughs> this is the litany or uh, list of things that will happen in the last days. And Jesus says, men's hearts failing them from fear. An expectation of those things which are coming on earth, for the powers of heavens will be shaken. Okay, powers of heavens will be shaken. I still haven't figured out what does it mean, powers of heavens will be shaken. Is that the sun will be shaken, moon will be shaken? I do not know. What are the powers of heaven? Where are the spiritual powers of wickedness? What happens if you have a tree which is full of ripe fruit, which is shaken? What happens? They fall onto the ground. So God is shaking up everything. Powers of darkness are losing their position and being cast down. And men's hearts are failing because of what is happening. No, And it's not just the fear of disease and death, the loss. A lot of people are just committing suicide because their businesses have failed. They are up to their neck on debt. They don't know how to handle it. All kinds of things are happening. And people's hearts are literally failing from fear. That's how the devil uses Okay, fear will cause death. Fear will cause, if you are living, torment. But remember, almost every person God picked in the Bible were fearful men, and they became ultimately men of faith. Okay, he hasn't picked strong people to become men of faith or women of faith. He picked fearful people. And that's where the whole thing comes. Where do we draw our courage from, our boldness from? That God has always picked the weak, the fearful, the ignoble, the poor, and made them into mighty men and women of God. So like I said, what is fear ultimately connected with? Fear is connected with fear of loss. And fear cripples people. If you go to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1. (coughs) Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Okay? We know what faith is. So if you look at it, we will also understand what fear is. Fear is always connected with the unseen, that I will lose, I will lose. Okay, Things which you cannot, why do we worry about tomorrow? Though we all ate breakfast, or those who ate breakfast know there is lunch or did not, they know. We don't worry so much about today. Is anybody worrying about today? No. Our worry is connected with tomorrow, with the unseen. Fear is connected with the unseen. Okay? It's not connected with now. It is always connected, usually with something which is just before, even if it's five minutes before you. It is not connected with now. It is connected with something that is unseen. So what happens in the kingdom of God? Let me tell you what happens in the kingdom of God. Most people in the church or in the kingdom of God play it safe. They play it safe. They will not take risks. If you look in the world, why are some people so rich? Because they took risks. It is a gamble. <laughs> it paid off. Everybody's gamble did not pay off. I'm not talking about the way people make crooked means. I'm talking about even otherwise. Okay. Everything is a risk. In this world but when it comes to faith people are not willing to take a risk so they play it safe let me ask you this question do you know in the natural salvation is a risk mm. salvation is a risk it's a tremendous risk that's why you just look around whether you are a religious per- person or an atheist everybody is involved in outward good works Even an atheist does good works. He may say, I do not believe in God. But what is socialism and communism? It's all good works. Deep inside, he also doesn't want to take a risk. In case after death there is a judge on the other side, at least let my works count. That's, That's what we need to do. Much of religion or much of works of man, good works of man, is driven by fear. Is driven by fear. To either appease the wrath of an angry God or to awaken a passive God. One or the other. It's fear driven, mostly. And in the midst of all these works, of all the religions and non-religious, Jesus comes and issues a cease and desist order. Stop. No good works. Repent of all dead works. He doesn't call it good works, he calls it dead works. And trust in me and my work alone. You know that's a gamble. It's a gamble. Why do, why do people struggle with Jesus? People in the world struggle with Jesus. Because they are not able to take, it. it's the biggest gamble you can ever take. Meaning, I don't trust anything that I do. I trust in the work of another person completely. That to a person who lived 2,000 years ago. Not his teachings. (laughs) His teachings. In his work alone. So faith begins with risk. It begins with risk. Right? That's why Jesus comes and issues this cease and desist order. All cease from your dead works. Repent from dead works. That is why it is easier for the sinner to get saved than the fellow who depends on his works. The sinner has no work to depend upon, so he cries out for mercy. Lord, have mercy! On God says, "Good away, come on." So the publican, sorry, the 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 Pharisee is standing outside. The publican makes it. Okay, the priest is standing outside. The prostitute makes it. Why? She has nothing to lose, everything to gain. Everything to gain. Okay. And then when she takes this gamble or he takes this gamble, he realizes this is real. Because the spirit of God comes in and gives you confirmation. You are my child. Okay. So when God comes, only believe. It sounds so easy. And we struggle. Please, can I add something? Can I add something? Okay. God says no. Repent. Repent. Repent basically means a complete change of mind about how to get saved. But the righteous, the religious man finds it very difficult, so what does he do? He adds repentance to salvation. So you haven't repented enough, so you are not saved. How will you ever know how you have repented enough? So there are a lot of people out there, good people, who will preach, preach, preach on repentance alone and never preach about salvation is by grace. So he's still not sure am I saved or not because he's not looking at the grace of God, he's looking at the repentance. I haven't, I haven't cried enough. Maybe I need to fast seven days for my sins. You know you what? You subtly shifted to works. You are not saved by works. Even repentance is a work of the Holy Spirit. It's a work of grace. It's a work of grace. Okay? of grace. Okay? Now let me ask you this question. The man who was brought in by his four friends, the roof was broken, he was set down, and Jesus said, your son, your sins are forgiven. How much did he repent? The thief on one side who confessed, Lord, when you come to your kingdom, how much did he repent? We don't know. So please don't make the mistake of falling back onto a religion of works. If you haven't repented enough, let God tell you. He will tell you. Holy Spirit is very good at all these things. He will tell you. He will tell you. Okay, Salvation is entirely the work of God. It's a work of grace alone. So when we hear, only believe it sounds so easy. So can I add something? God says no. You cannot add anything to my work. Okay, From the natural, there are three men hanging on the cross on Mount Calvary. All three are condemned. But in the supernatural, actually only one is condemned. It is the one hanging in the middle. It is Jesus. The other two are not condemned. They condemn themselves. Only one is condemned. There are three men hanging on the cross, all condemned under the law of the Romans. But under the law of God, only one is condemned. That is Jesus Christ. All of God's wrath is only on one person. Man's wrath is on all three. God's wrath is only on one person. But what happens is, one believes, the other refuses. And brings upon himself the wrath of God. God didn't put his wrath on him. He brought it upon himself. Okay. So we need to understand how salvation works and how the devil deceives us deceives us okay it is fear in any way it is a deception leads to fear no you know what this is too easy too simple you know what I I, I, don't, I can't take it I need to continue with my works and people who are saved also switch that's the issue with Galatians that's what he gets mad with Galatians you foolish Galatians who bewitched you were you saved by the works of the law no did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law who you began in the spirit how did you go back to works? If you are saved by grace, are you going to be kept by grace or kept by works? From the beginning till the end, it is only grace. Even people who are saved are crippled by fear. And therefore what happens, they play it very, very safe. Very, very safe. They become very religious. Instead of becoming men and women of faith. Like I said, faith is always a risk in the natural. But that is where the power of God or the grace of God comes in, and the enemy cripples, induces fear in us. The natural is very good to good to bring in fear, right? In Genesis forty, Genesis fourteen, we are not going there. Genesis fourteen is one of the best pages in Abraham's life history. Best pages, like he's perfect in Genesis 14. We also know this day was the best day of so many weeks. Why? As far as I can think, I didn't sin at all. We say, okay, it was a good day. I didn't sin in thought. I didn't sin in words. I didn't sin in action. It was a good day. And the next day you wake up, you fall. I I wish it was like yesterday. Genesis 14 is one page from Abraham's life. You cannot find fault with him. Four kings against five kings. They attack. Sodom is taken captive. Lot is also taken captive. The ungrateful nephew is taken captive. One servant escapes, comes and gives the report that lot is taken. Abraham has to make a decision. What do I do? I have a call on my life. I am one man with my tribe over here. And this guy has been taken by a huge, vast army. But he wins that battle, goes with 318 soldiers, gets a few others to help him. He wins the war. He comes back. Melchizedek meets him, blesses him, gives him bread and wine, he gives him his tithes. Sodom, King of Sodom comes, Bear King of Sodom comes, tries to entice him by saying, Take all the wealth, give me just the people. He says, I don't even want a thong from your sandals, but these other Gentiles who fought with me, they can take their share if you want. I don't want so it's like super page. Yes. Super page. But the problem is after that is all over, he's sitting at home. And we all know history very well now. We are all good historians. At a time when kings go to war. Kings go to war. Every season kings have to go to war. The soldiers will get restless. Soldiers are not joining army just for rations. They are joining to money, make money. In old days, it is not your salary. It is the loot after every battle they are after. Every man will get loot. He can get the Q concubines. He can get prisoners to take as slaves and also every soul. People join the army those days. That is why we look at today's army and those who say, one million army, two million army marching. What are these all people fighting for? For loot? Not for salary. So at times when go, kings go to war, <laughs> Abraham is sitting at his tent and thinking, you know what? Was that a fluke? Next spring these kings will again come together to attack. And they will realize, you know what? We won against five kings, but one Hebrew fellow came and defeated us. This time we'll go straight after him first. Okay, he's sitting there. It is fearful. Naturally, the fear comes. If all these people come, the armies come and they first decide to come to Mamre and take on me. What will I do? That is when God appears to him. In Genesis 15, verse 1. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abraham in a vision, saying, Do not be. Will you tell somebody who is not afraid, do not be afraid? No. He says, Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. Why? Abraham, Abraham, I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. What does he say? He's telling us something here and teaching us something. How do you, how do you overcome fear? He says, I am your shield. He's not saying I will protect you. I am your protection. I am your protection. You know, you're thinking of loss. Loss. If these kings attack, maybe you can escape. But all that you built, will be lost. You always think in terms of profit and loss. How does it profit me? That's the first question. How does it profit me? Or is it going to be lost? We think in terms of time and energy and resources. Everything is in a very good accountants. Balance sheet is very clear. Profit or loss? Loss, I'm not going. Profit, I am going. Okay. And God comes and says, you know what? I am your shield. I am your profit. I am. Not I will profit you. I am your prophet. Okay. And that's the revelation of God in Christ Jesus to the believer. Christ is my shield. Christ is my reward. In Christ, I am safe. In Christ, I can never lose. Even death is gain. Okay. We are set for victory. We cannot lose. We cannot lose. There is nothing the devil can do to us because Jesus has what he called uh, set life in such a way for the believer. He cannot lose. He cannot lose. If you walk by faith, you cannot lose. There is no loss. There is only profit with God. So, God comes and tells Gideon, let the fearful depart. If they are fearful, let them go. The fearful cannot fight. I want the faithful, not the fearful. So we need to ask ourselves, am I fearful or am I faithful? In Revelation 12 and verse 11, the Bible says, oh, not 21. Did I give 21? Sorry, 12, 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb by the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. What was, what does that mean? It means they were willing to suffer loss. Knowing that they cannot suffer loss. It will be always gain. I consider all this rubbish. Why? What I receive in return, I look at it as gain. If there is no gain, people will not really be willing to suffer loss. Okay? When people, big, smart people in business when they put in investment they will take a loan they will mortgage their property take a loan of 20 crores and all on their property and take it and they will invest and they will be willing to suffer loss for a few years the first year and all products don't sell advertisement is put in you're pouring money into advertisement until the product is sold into the minds of the people first year they have already calculated what is loss. Second year, they have already calculated what is. Third year, it starts trickling in. And if its plan works, fourth year onwards, his rebalance accounts, and then he moves into profit. So they have counted it all. That's how it works. But for us, God says, you know what? They do not love their lives to death. They don't. They are willing to suffer loss. Because they know on the other side that it is impossible for us to lose. Whatever we lose here will be made up there. That's why Jesus, Lord, we have left everything. Jesus said, yeah. But he says, you don't know the returns. You don't know the returns. What happens in eternity. Some people hear itself. But eternity, everybody guaranteed. Who are willing to suffer loss. That is why we have to be very, very careful about this, the subtle way the enemy uses fear. Like in the world we know. You look at a what you call on public offering of a company, okay and then the last at the bottom it is you cannot read and when the it has been on the advertisement, the last one it goes <laughs> it goes so fast that you they won't tell you what the market risk is, okay they're selling your public issue or ten rupees or twenty rupees or hundred rupees or five hundred rupees per whatever you need or whatever they are selling. And market risks there. there. By law, they are compelled to tell you about the market risk. So they will put it there at the bottom of that sheet so that you need a telescope to know it. Not a telescope, a microscope to read it. Or if it's advertisement on TV, that last part they say, say it's so fast that you cannot even make it. Jesus doesn't say it so fast. He says on the other side, I will tell you the market risk. Anyone who saves his life will lose it. Bold letters. You save your life in this lifetime, you will lose it. Anyone who loses his life, he doesn't say like that. He says, anyone who loses it for my sake and for the sake of the gospel. Everybody, everybody is losing their lives anyway. But they are not losing their lives for his sake. And for the sake of the gospel, he will say, will find it. Okay, so that is bold. Okay, that is very, very bold. But pastors sometimes make it small print. They will not talk about this losing life at all because they know they will lose congregation. So they keep it small. Once in a while on Good Friday, they will talk about the cross. They keep that out away from people, but actually people lose because of it. So please understand how fear works. It's One of the most powerful forces, especially at a time we are living, Okay, in every way, just not the pandemic at all. You look, the Middle East is back again in trouble. The clashes going on in, in Jerusalem, firing going on, bombing going on, rockets being fired, and, uh, uh Lebanon is at the verge of collapse, and, you know why? Because Trump left the office. Immediately, the war mongers have gone back to the other side, they're giving money to the Palestinians, they're giving money to the Iranians, and trouble has started. Everything was quiet. Palestinians have shut up. There was no issue over Jerusalem was shifted as the capital of everything was quite Middle East peace accord, Abraham accord, everything in three months, everything has changed. Because these are the troublemakers. They always want trouble in the Middle East because they are not working for the agenda of God, they are working for the agenda of the enemy. Suddenly Middle East, everything is gone. In three months, not even three months, hundred days? Yeah. Everything is gone again. Okay, so we need to realize the trouble. Afghanistan, look at that. All schoolgirls, 40 of the momblasts. They're not even men or soldiers who were killed. This is schoolgirls. And all you can see is all the dead bodies over there. And all the pandemic everywhere. You look at all that, no? What is the whole issue? All the agenda behind it? It's fear. It's fear. It causes fear. Okay. And what does fear do? That's the problem. That's what we need to look at. It's not about fear. What does fear do? Fear restricts the hand or the power of God in any situation. It restricts the power of God coming in. That's why he uses fear. If fear doesn't work, he will not use it. But fear works. What it happens, it brings unbelief. It takes away our trust and faith from God. It restricts the hand of God. While faith releases the power of God, and the presence of God into any situation. So when there is war, where there is struggle, what does God do? He says, let the fearful go, let the fearful go, let them go, let them go, let them depart. So what is God actually doing through all this that is happening in our own days, including the pandemic? He's actually separating the people in the kingdom. They're fearful, they're disoriented, and Christ will have His three hundred. Christ will have 300. It's not 300 as such, but Christ will have his 300. Effects of fear. What does fear do? Fear kicks in. That's the rule, spiritual rule. Fear kicks in the rule of self-preservation. Kicks in the rule of self-preservation. So Abraham enters into the promised land. Famine comes. And famine means loss. Famine means loss. What is loss of? Of your property. Of your stock. In those days, property is basically your cattle. You're all cattlemen. There is famine, there is drought, all your cattle will die. These are not farmers, these are cattlemen. Okay, if you look at the old Wild West stories and all, all the fights were over water. And grazing lands. They hated the sheep herders, the cattlemen hated, and they tried to put barbed wires, and then they come and break it down in the night, and they're shooting and killing what over? Grass and water. For who? For the cattle. Because your wealth is counted in cattle. Okay, So drought has come. Fear of loss has come. What does Abraham do? Move towards Egypt. Where there is a river, and there is green. Moving towards Egypt. He goes to Egypt. But as he is going to Egypt, what happens? He thinks, you know what? Here I was safe. I was wandering. I was safe. There I won't be safe. What happens? They may take my wife. What kicks in? The rule of preservation. What does that say? I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to lose my life. So you know what? When you enter over there, please say you are my sister. Did you see that? That's what fear does. Fear will always try to save your own life at the cost of somebody else. Okay? Okay? Isaac also, Isaac overcomes the first one, same time famine, and he's moving, God says stop, you don't have to go, I'll take care of you. No? Then you should have thought about it, if God will take care of my, my property, he will take care of my wife too. Right? He's, he has moved from, to a place called Gerar, Okay? And he also tells his wife, if the people ask, tell that, you are my sister. See, you may have faith for certain things, but you have, may have fear for other things. Okay? And th- that's true about us too. We are able to apply faith on certain things, and we are not able to apply faith on other things. He's able to have faith that my flocks, my herds, all will be protected, but what about my wife? She's too good looking. She's pretty. And they may kill me for my sake. Okay? Now understand, uh, Abimelech did not take Rebecca. He did not take Rebecca. What happens is, he saw Isaac hugging her or courting her over there. And then he called up and says, why did you say she was your sister? Why did you say she was my sister? Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? You would have made a mistake of taking another man's wife. Okay, so, but you need to, what caused him to do this? It is fear. So we need to ask ourselves, what causes us to do things? What causes us? I'm not talking about being, not being careful. You have to understand fear, being careful and presumption. Okay? Now we are living in the time of this pandemic and we have much more knowledge today in May 11th, 2021 than we had in May 2020. We understand the nature of the virus much more. We have much more knowledge, real medical knowledge. We see how the virus, especially in India, is mutating like crazy, how it is being spread. So what we need to do is that we just need to be careful. Okay, Now, careful does not mean you are fearful. Okay, Careful does not mean you are are fearful. One of the things you need to be careful about it until this thing is settled down. You should not be going out in public places unless there is any need. should not be. Stay away from public places, malls and theatres. There's no need because you know what? A lot of people, like one of our kids who has got, you no, know, so called last night and said, Papu, I have, uh, I'm positive. But I have no symptoms at all. Absolutely no symptoms. It does not. So we need to realize the disease is spread not by those who are sick with symptoms. It is actually spread by those who have it and do not know they have it because they are asymptomatic. Okay. So there could be people who don't have any symptoms because they never checked, but they are carriers. So public places, when you get in, it becomes dangerous. It becomes dangerous. That's being careful. That's not being fearful. Avoid public transport if you can. Okay. Like you know, like one of the things which I have told people is that if you're attending one of the meetings, I've actually told this meeting that, if you are a person who's going to work meeting a lot of people, listen from home. Why do you want to put the others at risk? Why do you want? I mean, we're giving you option. you can listen from anywhere, anywhere. If you're using public transport, you're traveling by bus, you're traveling by auto. No, try it because you do not know. Okay? Try to be safe and try to think about the others until this is settled. Now, that's being careful. That is not being fearful. Washing your hands or sanitizing, it's not fearful. Okay? It's not fearful. It is being careful. It is being careful. God was very careful when he gave laws to Israel, even in the wilderness. Now I am the Lord thy God, I am taking you, I'll give you manna from heaven and water from the rock. Do whatever you done. He gave them so many laws over there to be careful. Not because, because there are other laws which is set in, which you need to know that works against us. So if you are careful, these laws will work for us. So you need to distinguish between being careful and being fearful. But the, the problem is, because the system in which we look, The system in which we live. this control, the ruler of this world is the devil. So what he will do is that he will use the laws which is meant for us to be careful to induce fear. Because he wants to control. control. Like if you look at some of the cities in India, Bangalore or Kerala and all. Police beating up people and all that. Now, wait a second. Why are you beating up people? Because you are out in the public. You are not wearing a mask. Let me ask you this question. Two weeks ago, what were you doing? Who gave you the order? Well, the CM gave the order. But were it hundreds of thousands of people gathering for the CM with no mask? So it suited him then. And now election is over. You have one bit of the people if anybody comes on the street. Now that doesn't. So you are not being careful. This is not about being careful. This is about making you fearful. About being fearful. Because if it is being careful, then it should be always, you should be careful. Before the election and after the election. But before the election, you don't have to be careful. After the election, you better be careful or we'll beat you up. We'll fine you. We'll seize your vehicles. Before the election, bring your vehicles and join the rally. So you need to understand there is an agenda behind. So we need to, re- we need to fight that agenda, prayerfully, spiritually, and saying you know what, I will not be fearful, but I will be careful. I will not allow fear to get in. I will not allow fear to get in. So you need to realize it is not just India; everywhere, even in the U.S., there is an agenda. It's an agenda. What is that? To keep people fearful, because if you can cause a person to fear, it is easy to control them. Fear is a mechanism of the enemy to control people. And fallen men and women use fear, intimidation and fear to control. God doesn't control. The devil controls. God doesn't control. God says, you follow me. You surrender daily. You have to willingly come to me. You see my love for you, my concern for you, my power, my glory, my holiness, my righteousness. I want you to come to me willingly, lovingly, because I love you. You look at the cross, My wrath was on my son, not on you. Looking at that, you know what, say, Lord, I love you, I will follow you. I fear you. That's reverence. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to admire your holiness or your righteousness that way because of who you are. But I am not afraid. Remember, that's what God told Moses to tell. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid. The fear of God will come upon you. Meaning, if you have to truly reverence me, even that, I have to give it to you. You don't have it on you. You have only that, that demonic fear.
1: Craving,
0: slavish fear. You don't have the right fear. You want to have the right fear? I have to give it to you. So ask of me. I will give it to you, the fear of the Lord. So we need to realize, salvation and the entire work of salvation is from God and is of God. There's no other way. So let us go further. Let us look at what happens. Because it restricts the hand of God. In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Do you know, in the church of God around the world, there are hundreds and thousands of Timothys. They are saved. They have the Holy Spirit. and Every one of them can be baptized in the Holy Spirit. They all have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, or the Holy Spirit will give them. But fear has crippled Timothy. Fear has crippled Timothy. Look at verse 7. What has God given us? Think about it. He has given us the spirit of power. He has given the spirit of love. He has given us a sound mind. No? Everyone has to believe. God has given me the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of uh, a sound mind. But why is Timothy doing nothing? Because the spirit of fear, which is of the devil, has crippled him. That's what I said. Most people in the church are like spectators at a football match, at a soccer match. They're just spectators. They all sit around in their thousands and watch those 22 people give their everything around a leather ball. Give their everything. And they're sitting there watching, excited. But if you look at them, they're doing nothing. They're doing nothing. And that's the truth about the church. And if you ask them, why don't you do anything? They will have so many reasons. But the real reason it's fear. Fear of loss. Fear of loss. What if God takes me seriously? <laughs> and he tells me, Leave! yo, leave. Leave, how can I leave? Because they always remember the call of Abraham. They don't see the end of Abraham. They only see the beginning of Abraham. Ay-yo. They only see loss. And therefore fear cripples them. Fear cripples. Most people die with their wings folded. Wings was not meant to be folded; it was meant to to That is when we. But they all live and die with their wings folded, never ever knowing what it is to soar. Though we sing to soar like an eagle. But very rarely do you see. That's why the record of those who walk by faith is incredible because, you know what, they soar, they use their wings and suddenly you realize. You know, eagle is one of the few birds that doesn't flap its wings. Doesn't flap. You know what it does? It soars. You know why it soars? Because it has learned to use the drift of the wind to take it. Those who are called to live by faith have learned how to use the drift of the Holy Spirit to soar. They don't have to flap (coughs) their wings. We don't flap. Even if you flap your wings, it's your flesh. We have to learn how to soar with the drift of the wind of the Holy Spirit. And you suddenly realize, you know what, after that. Walking in faith is actually effortless. God takes over. God takes over. But we fear loss and fear cripples. What happens? Numbers 13.13. Oh no 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 no! Number thirteen thirteen is yeah fourteen thirteen. No 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 no. This uh, it's where they said we are just grasshoppers, grasshoppers. We are just grasshoppers in our eyes. Giants and fortified cities, and what are we? Grasshoppers in our own sight. We are grasshoppers. The Philistines are not saying this. You are saying this. Okay. You are saying it. Philistines are not saying it. So what happens? A generation, in God's sight, a generation of potential giant killers live like grasshoppers. Okay? That's the truth about the church. What is the church full of? Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you is the hope of glory. Who are Christians? The believers, you know? We are, okay. Is 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 this the yes. yeah next one? We saw giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. So we were there in their own sight. Giant killers have become grasshoppers. And what are Christians? Behold, I give you power over all the power of the enemy. You shall trample upon snakes and scorpions, and they shall by no means harm you. Very soon, the God of peace shall crush Satan under your feet. What are we? Giant killers. What do we look like? Grasshoppers. Why? Fear has crippled you. Fear has crippled you. And we won't take a step. Most Christians will not take a step. They are good people. Good religious people. You meet them, they are good families. Husband is nice. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't swear. He goes to his work. Wife is good. Children are good. They go to church regularly. They give their tithes. But after that, flap your wings, no. You look at their family photos or their DP. They all look so nice. The children also marry believing girls. They have believing grandchildren. But if you look into their lives, there is no step of faith stepping out to become something for God. No. They play it safe. They play it very, very safe. You know what makes it? It's fear. It's fear. So how do we overcome fear? How do we overcome this fear? So we do not want God to say, depart. Let all who are fearful, let them depart. How do we overcome? Turn with me to Matthew 14, verses 22 to 30. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went upon the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was alone there. But the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed by the waves, for the wind was contrary. Now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So he said, Come. And when Peter had walked, come down off the boat. He walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried out saying, Lord, save me. And we know the rest. Jesus put his heart, pulls him out, and rebukes him. Okay. What is their fear about? It's God who sent him. And they saw Jesus coming. And they say, it is a ghost. What is a ghost? The unknown. Have you ever seen a ghost? No. But are you afraid of a ghost? Yes, of course. One shadow in the night, amma, gone. <laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody has ever seen a ghost. Yet everybody is afraid of a ghost. It's the unknown. The fear of the unknown. The fear of the unknown cripples us. And because of the unknown, what happened, the fear of the unknown, we won't take rus. Hmm? You won't take, now we have little baby, one couple of little small ones sitting over here, we'll say. Joanna has to go to the bathroom, she'll just well, mummy, I'm going to the bathroom, go. Now imagine it is night. And everything there is pitch dark. Look at the cartoon and say, Amma, Yuka. But did not you go there in the morning? What has changed? The fear of the unknown. Okay, Let me tell you this question. Didn't God take care of us yesterday? Isn't he taking care of us today? Why are you worried about tomorrow? Because it's unknown. It's unknown. So we blame our child. But God says you are the same. Tomorrow is dark, so you are scared. Today you are very happy because there is light. I already ate my breakfast. One meal it's all gone. Even if I miss lunch, it is okay. Today's in my control. But after tomorrow, I'm afraid. Right. And he says, in 28, Peter says, Lord, if it is you, bid me come on water. Okay. Jesus says, don't be afraid. Don't fear. Why? It is me. It's I who's walking on water. Don't be afraid. When you see the supernatural, when you see me walking on water, don't be afraid, it is me. The only thing that will take actually fear away is God. God, you are right there in my situation. Don't be afraid. Peter steps out and says, Lord, if it is you, bid me come on water. Why? Anyone can walk on land. Anybody can walk on land. Even if you're crippled, you can crawl. You can hop. Can you say walker? But nobody can walk on water. Nobody can walk on water. Why? Because there is nothing to support you. But the walk of faith is walking on water. If you have money and I am walking by faith, it is not faith. It is right. If you have resources, if you have power, if you have influence, if you have all these things and say, I am doing these things for God. says No, you are doing not me. You are doing it, except, like but it's not me. Faith is walking on water. That's why Peter says, if it is you, bid me come. And Jesus said, come. Please understand this. If faith is natural, you don't need God. You don't need God. Faith is natural. You don't need God. And you are in control. That is why, let me get into the hard part of it. That is why people prefer fear to faith. Because fear is a spirit. It is one of the most effective and deceptive, effective and deceptive weapons of the enemy. Okay. Like I said, fear is ultimately about loss. Ultimate loss is life. In faith, God is in control. In fear, you are in control. In fear. In Proverbs twenty nine twenty five, it says, the fear of man brings a snare. Okay, brings a snare. Okay. See, when you fear man or fear anything, you do things in such a way that you are in control. You will even lick his boot. But you are still in control. Why do people prefer fear? It's a choice. Why do people prefer fear over faith? In faith, God is always in control. Step out. (laughs) Step out. In fear, you are in control. Every commandment of God can be obeyed only by faith. Only by faith. Empowered by love. Only by faith empowered. The power is love, but only by faith. Only by faith. Why do I say only by faith? You have to trust God. Who trusts trust in the Lord shall be faced. What is the trust with God? I will never lose with God. Second, God will never take advantage of me. God will never take advantage of me. I will never lose with God. God will never take advantage of me. Let me ask this question. Simple question. So here and everywhere. This is the commandment of the Lord in Ephesians. Husbands, love your wife as Christ Jesus loves the church and gave himself. Why why doesn't husbands love their wives that way? Because there is a fear she will take advantage of me. Fear of loss of control. Fear of loss of control. If I don't love her that way, I'm still in control. If I love her that way, she will take, she will think it is weakness and she will start controlling the narrative. So husbands will not love their wives as Christ Jesus loves. Why doesn't wives submit to their husbands as unto the Lord? Because it is fear. And if I do that way, I will lose control. It is easier to fight. It's easier to be intimidating. Easier to have all this thing. You know what? Still I am in control. We do not realize almost All our actions contrary to the word of God is dictated by fear because we do not want to suffer loss and lose control. We don't want to lose control. But when it comes to faith, God is in control. God is in control. And you know what happens? Fear feeds into fear. Feeds into fear. 1 John 4.18 says, There is torment Because fear involves torment. If you do not overcome this, if you don't overcome this, marriages don't get better, they get worse. Like I said, many marriages are good roommates. Good roommates. Are good roommates. You know what? This is my space, this is your space. Leave me alone, I will leave you alone. Good roommates. This becoming, one is losing control. But fear will not allow you to lose control. Faith will. Faith will. And what happens? It doesn't get better. There's always torment. Always this torment of what is that? I will lose my spouse. I will lose. You live in torment. And ultimately what do people do? Actually, let's be honest, what people do. You know what? They will turn their attention from the spouse, the rightful attention from the spouse to something so that you know what? Even if I lose her or him, I will not get suicidal or breakdown because I have this prop. That is why people make fun, but it's true. And this is my wife and this is my mistress. That's called a laptop. She sits beside me, this sits on my lap. Our work becomes worship. You know why? Because we are afraid. We are afraid. We need to understand how deep these things go. And that's what happened to Abraham. He said, say, you are my sister. That's happened during this pandemic. People just dumping their own flesh and blood and says, don't come back home. You got COVID. Dump them and run away. Husband is dumping, wives, wives dumping, husband, parent dumping, children, children dumping, parents. what happened to you? everybody is looking in terms of profit and loss. And here is there God dumping his son on the cross for us. He says, "I don't see loss, I only see profit. Who uh, believes in him shall have eternal life. No? We do not understand how much the spirit of fear controls our narrative. And because of fear, we do not do the things which we have to do. Because always calculating costs. Our faith in God will be and has to be tested. That's what Matthew 14, 24 says. He sent them. Immediately he sent them. But the wind was contrary. If he sent you, why is the wind contrary? If he picked your spouse for you, why is your marriage contrary? If these children are sanctified from birth, why are your children contrary? he who prayed and fasted and got this job, why are the winds in the office contrary? Because your faith has to be tested. Will you look in terms of profit and loss, or will you be willing to lose, to gain? Your faith has not been tested. Therefore, we walk in the natural. What is that? I am in control. I am in control. You see, in Mark, I am not going there, Mark 4, he was in the boat with them and the wind was contrary, but he was asleep. And they were petrified. They even questioned him, Don't you care for us? He said, Why are you afraid? This time he sent them alone on the boat and the wind was still contrary. So whether he is in your boat and says, Let us go to the other side, or whether he sends you on your own and he's walking on the water, the wind is still contrary. Okay? But when he got up, he stopped and the wind still they reached. And when he got in the boat, the Bible says the boat immediately. Why? When he's woken up and he has got in the boat, when you give him control, things will start falling into place. Then only we'll understand life. Until he has complete control of our life, we will be slaves of fear. Slaves of fear. You know, it was a fearless man, a liberated man who walked down Mount Moriah. He knows, I will never lose Isaac again but he also knows Isaac is not mine at all it is his but I cannot lose him because he is safe that's what Jesus says no one can pluck you from my father's hand if your hand is in the father's you have given your life whatever you have completely in the father's hands nobody can touch you there you are safe but we won't like I said we don't like it we say Lord here I offer you my life Bless it immediately we take it because we don't like the breaking part We don't like the breaking part. But he breaks us so that we lose control and he has control. That's where he breaks us. And the beginning of the cracks appear, we jump out of his hands. (laughs) So you see one disciple over here takes a step of faith and he becomes the first man to walk on water after Jesus Christ. So 1 Peter 5.8 says, the enemy comes. He comes like a roaring lion. Be sober. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the la- la- devil, walks about like a roaring, not a biting. He has no teeth. Jesus knocked his teeth off long time ago. He has no teeth at all. But he can roar. He cannot bite you. He cannot bite you because he is teethless. Okay? The, the teeth of a child is more dangerous than the teeth of the devil. He has only gums. He has no teeth. But he roars. Why does he roar? To cause fear. To intimidate. To cause fear. To cause fear. So God says be sober. Meaning don't panic. Don't panic. That's basically what. Half the stuff that is happening in this country with COVID is caused by panic. It's panic. Don't panic. Just do what is what you need to do. It's simple. Just do what you need to do. So the question we need, still need to have an answer. How do I overcome? This is something there, but how do I overcome? Hebrews 12, verse 2. Looking unto Jesus. Simple. What is the first thing? Looking unto Jesus. That's how you overcome fear. Meaning, meditate on the person of Jesus Christ. The person. Why Jesus? Why we do say Jesus, Jesus, Jesus? Why does Jesus say, when the Holy Spirit comes, who we cannot see, we can only experience, we cannot really know the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit doesn't talk about himself. He reveals Christ to us. Why does the Father send the Son? Why does the Spirit reveal the Son? Because it's only through the Son we will know God. Because he came in the flesh. So Jesus says, look at to me. How do I look at I'm telling you one thing to believers. We have from Genesis to Revelation 39 books and uh, 27 66 books of the bible read the gospels over and over and over again to understand who god is because he's the one who walked in flesh so that we can know who god is the gospels the walk the talk the love of jesus it reveals who god is why did jesus come the rest is all doctrine on which the church is built but the gospels show us who god is This is who God is, not what you received as knowledge. This is not what the Pharisees or the Sadducees taught. Jesus said, you read the scriptures, but the scriptures talk about me. I'm walking in front of you. You do not, you're misrepresenting God. You're not representing God. You're misrepresenting God. I have come to represent God. He says, you want to be free from fear? Look unto Jesus. The person of Jesus Christ. That's what God comes and tells Abraham. Abraham, you're afraid? I am your shield. He's not saying I will protect you. What does that mean if I protect you? I will send 10 angels to stand around you. No, he says I am your shield. I am your reward. What can you lose? But Abraham is not able to see. What's the point? I got all this estate, but I have no child. This Syrian will take it. He's not able to see God has his reward. He wants God to reward him. It's a difference. There's a difference. No. How does the psalmist begin? He says, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Look at Jeremiah 31 and verse 3. And Ephesians 1, 4. The Lord appeared of old to me saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you. Okay. Look at one word over there. I have loved you with an everlasting everlasting love. Now go to Ephesians 1, 4. Just as he chose us in him before thee. Do you know what it means? You and I have been loved for a long, long time. Very, very long time. Very, very long time. We've been loved for a very, very, very long time. He has loved us with an everlasting love. And we were chosen before the foundation of the world was laid. It sets you free. It sets you free. What does it mean? It means my birth was not an accident. That's what he tells Jeremiah. You're not an accident. Even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I know you. Let me get into some tough explanation. Why do men and women struggle? I'm talking about Christian men. Let's leave the unbelievers. Let them get saved. We love them. We pray for them. Why do men and women struggle? Because we don't follow God's pattern. We do not follow God's pattern. You know why? I'll tell you. Everything is first birthed in the mind. Everything is first birthed in the mind. So it matters how you grow up. How your thought life is, 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 okay, shaped, okay? Like for me personally, because of probably because of the literature I read as a child, my mind was burst in such a way, it is about a home, a family, children. So for me, the idea of a child was burst even when I was young, before I ever got married and had my children. So when the children came, it was something that always existed in my mind. The home always existed in the mind. But that's not true for modern men and women. For them, child is an accident. It's not birthed in their mind. Therefore, they look at children as liabilities and home as a place I don't want to go back to. It has not been birthed in our mind. That's why God looks at us and loves us because even before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. I chose you before the foundation of the world was laid. God is not interested in my office and my work. He's interested in my children, in my home. What is God ultimately creating everything? He's creating a home. Not a workplace. Not a career. It's creating a home. But the home is birthed much, much before it comes to happen. Much, much before it comes to happen. It has to be birthed that way. But 20th century, 19th century, 20th century, everything changed. Everything changed. No? The Jews were given that idea. You know what? You lived as slaves. You're going to a land flowing with Milk and honey. You know what? I'm going to give everybody a plot of land and a house which you haven't built. Settle down there. Never give it away to anybody. This is your home, your family. Build it. Live there. Don't go like the other people. Don't pursue things. I am your God. Do this. Do this. You will have rain in this season. Seventh day, take it off. Spend your time with me. You know what? You don't have to worry. I'm in charge. I'll take care of you. Build your homes. Build your nation. Let the whole world know what a real God is a father who cares for his family. He gave it to them. They wanted to become like the Gentiles. This is our issue. So when actually it happens, it is a fulfillment of what you always had when your marriage happens. It's a fulfillment. But The problem is all the ideas are from the world. They want tall and handsome and um, shapely girls. They got nothing about the kingdom of God over there. They are not looking for a godly woman who will build my home. They are looking for a man who loves and cares for his family. Everything is picked from the world. That's why Christian men and women are disappointed in their marriages because they haven't picked their ideas from the world. They have picked it from the world. So for many, marriage becomes a burden. Because children are an interruption to your plans. So abortion is an option. But for God, for, for God, Children are not a burden. We are all children for him. They are not a burden. God says, you are not an accident. You were lovingly planned, lovingly executed, lovingly watched over. It is trust in that love that sets us free from fear. Nobody cares for me. My father cares for me. And all the love talk God talks to his children. The thoughts that I have towards you cannot be counted. I've counted the hair on your heads, no? It's just like, I mean, he's telling, talking to us in, in terms of language we understand. Right? When our children are small and especially if they are girl children, no? We comb their hair, we plait their hair, God says, I'm just like that. Where did you get it from? Where did you get it from? You got it from me? You watch over them. We will enjoy when they are. So I'll tell you one of the most beautiful sights for me. I mean, snapshots for me was that, you know, there's uh, there's slums over there, a lot of construction, and I go for my walk every evening. So there's a few kids who live on the slums, and on that set, construction is going on. So there is this um, carpentry going on. So at the evening, these children go to pick the little pieces of wood and all over there. So one small little baby was uh, picking wood and coming, running to her little hut, and the whole thing fell off her. Okay, so um, the top things fell off there. So I stopped and I put it all all nicely in order into her. And I looked into her face. She was looking at me. It was the most gorgeous, angelic look on a little child. She looked at me like shocked, surprised. Okay, So I patted her on her cheek and I went for my walk. And I was looking at it, you know, we think about, you know, all children are the same. I talk about the other side of my office. There are these people, laborers, and they have the little people, you know. You cannot see them because I don't open that window. But I hear the children. You know what? They sound exactly like our children. When they cry, they cry like our children. When they talk, they talk like our children. There's no difference at all. It's the world which caused us to look at as black and white and poor and this thing. and that. But they sound exactly like the same. Exactly. When God looks down, he says, you look all the same. And I, I planned you out. You're not an accident. You may be born of rape, but you're not an accident. The accident was by those two people, but not you. You were not an accident. And our issue is that, our fear of loss, because we have already our plans. Our plans. And you know we don't want to suffer loss in our marriages. We don't want to suffer loss in relationship. You're not willing to suffer. We are always looking, how does it profit me? And God comes and says, after gaining the whole world, you lose your soul, what does it profit you? And the Bible says in 1 John 4:18 perfect love casts away all fear casts away all there's no fear in love but perfect love casts out out, out fear you know that's a, because this is it is our fear that causes us to hold on to things and people it's fear it's a slavish fear you know abuse your husbands, abuse your wives, whatever, no, you will okay, 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 whatever you want me to do, I will do. Just don't leave. But you don't really love. You don't release that person to God. We think we love them, we don't. We worship them. And we don't realize why things don't happen, because only God is worthy of worship. Worship. We do not know how much fear has got into everything that we do. Everything that we are not even able to work properly because we work in fear. Will I be terminated? Will I be bosses looking? Boss is not nobody said this one man in Egypt working happily, and he's a slave and gets no salary, and his name is Joseph. No fear, and God is with him. No fear working in love, and his master is prospering everything we do not know have fear. We want control and it is caused by fear and not by love. Love gives up. Love gives control because it does not fear. It does not fear. Fear causes to cling for control, intimidation, actions, words, not giving, depriving, all these things are the result of fear. And what does God come and tell Gideon? Let the fearful depart. I have a war here. This is the war of the last days. There is a war happening in heaven. Michael and the angels casting Satan down. And along with them, there is a set of people fighting on earth with the angelic host and the divine host and the Roman and church have come become. What is written about the church? They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. That's not the key. That's not the key. They did not love their lives. They gave control up. They are not afraid. Not. They gave control if you want it, this way, have it that way. I am free anyway. I am free. I am free. That's Paul. Free man, in prison, in chains, absolutely free. Joseph, absolutely free. Not Abraham, not Isaac, not Jacob. All fearful and calculating cause. Understand? Because all the promises of God are connected with a person. We have to cut through this. It's connected with a person. Because there's so much fear. How do you escape this fear? With a person. Look unto Jesus. Who is this person? It's a person who has loved me for a long, long time. When did you start loving me? (laughs) Before the earth was set. You were in my mind. And how did you love me? With an everlasting love. So now that I am a son, Lord, you will stop. When you were not my son, I loved you. It's just like no. Let's let's look look at our example here. Okay, Apu is sitting over here, six months pregnant, right? But even before she became pregnant, there was an idea, right? So when you were in love with an idea, won't you be in love with the reality? But the problem is a lot of people don't have an idea. And when reality breaks in, they don't like it. Your interruption. They have other ideas in they are in love with, which is not agreeing with God's kingdom. There are other ideas, which are not godly, which are not kingdom ideas. Every idea is empowered by something. Ideas do not float on its own. It has to be empowered. Is it empowered by God? Or is it empowered by the world? If it is empowered by God, there is freedom. If it is empowered by the world, there is always fear of loss. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 41. This is God. Fear not. We sing this song, right? Fear not. For... I am with you. Be not be dismayed for I am your God. It's it's all personal. Don't be afraid. Why? I am with you. Be not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Behold, all those who are incensed against you shall be ashamed and disgraced. They shall be as nothing. And those who strive with you shall perish. You shall seek them and not find them. Imagine the twinkling of an eye rapture takes place. You look around, where are my enemies? Mm -hmm. You're not even talking about where are the powers of darkness? There's nobody. All your enemies are gone. And some of the immortal enemies, if they make it to heaven, you realize they're your friends. (laughs) They're not your enemies. There are no enemies in heaven. There are no enemies in heaven. They're only friends and family. And talk time free. (laughs) You don't need a plan. It's free. Think about it. That's what God is saying. Do you understand the reality? Do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Do you know what I will do? For I the Lord your God will hold your right hand saying to you fear not I will help you. If you want to overcome fear it is only possible by going through this step. Looking unto Jesus. That's what it says. Perfect love casts away all fear. What is this perfect love? Looking and meditating upon the love of God for us. And when did he start loving us? Before the foundation of the world. So when was Christ's crucified before the foundation of the world. Why? Why did Jesus have to die before the foundation of the world? Because we existed in God's mind before. So, this Calvary was not an accident. It was pre-planned. Pre-planned. It's not like planned parenthood. God's planned, planned parenthood is let every child be born. God's planned parenthood is completely different. Let every child be born. You and I may have a very low esteem. Sometimes our low esteem is true. True. But what does God say in verse 14? Look at what he says. Fear not you worm Jacob. You men of Israel, I will help you. He looks at this fellow hiding in their wine press. He says, you know what, I'm calling you mighty man of valor, but actually you're a worm. True. But don't worry, you worm, Jacob, Fear not. Even if you feel like a worm, I am nothing, I am nobody. God says, okay, fine, I still will help you. Lord, I am not worthy of your attention. You are a worm. You are a worm. You men of Israel, I will help you, says the Lord, your Redeemer, Holy One of Israel. So Gideon the worm will become mighty man. Jacob the worm will become Israel. In verse 15 and 16, Behold, I will make you into a new threshing sledge with sharp teeth. He will take a worm and make that worm into a man of war. Only God can do it. He will take a worm and make you into a man of war, a woman of war. It is worms who become war machines. The world doesn't look at that way. The world doesn't want worms. The world doesn't want worms. God says, that's fine. Right. I love you, worm. Sick of you, worm. I love you. World doesn't love worms. World will always, like I said, if you look at any fashion magazine, you don't see worms on that. You don't see fat people, thin people, emaciated people, poor people, rag. You don't, only the glamorous. But God loves worms. And tells, I am your God. And he says, I won't leave you a worm. You're a worm, but I won't leave you a worm. You believe me, you trust me, you walk with me. I will make you into a mighty machine of war. And you know what you will do? You will destroy powers of darkness. You will trample upon this fellow who has been, who made you what you are in fear. he, He made you a worm. You know what? I will turn you into a war machine and I will use you to destroy him. Meditate upon the person of God in Christ read the gospels over and over and over and over again and ask this question why were sinners and the poor so comfortable around Jesus he was why was children so happy around Jesus they would sit on his lap he would bless them he would t- he was the most holy man who ever walked on earth the most genial too most genial too and you never interrupted him was never too busy for children. Never. Never. You need to look at Jesus. You know what? It sets you free. It sets you free. Lord, you will never say, Lord, not now, James, come in the evening, call me before. You'll never say that. Mm-hmm. Meditate upon the person of God if you want to get over fear. Second thing, I'm not finishing it now. I want to look at this very clearly. John 14, verse 1 to 4. Colossians 3, 1 to 4 after that. Let not your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. That's the person. In my father's house. Second thing, meditate on the place you are going. A people sitting over here. A lot of people sitting over here. Young people. None of us own a house. House. We don't own a house. I own, but I don't live there. I haven't lived there for 26 years. Uh, that's the house my father built. That's not my house. But everybody in their mind... If the Lord tarries to come, I want to build a house. Do you have a picture in your mind? See, if you don't have a picture in your mind, when God gives you a house, it won't become a home because you never had the idea in your head. Anyway, that's the problem with boys from hostels. They have no idea. You give them any home, they will make it into a house. One of the see why do we chill, why do we send children into boarding schools? Because we look at them as an interruption into our life, which demands our full attention to train them in the ways of God. So we send them into boarding school. See, we look at children as interruptions, without looking at them as a heritage from God. It involves. It involves time. It involves heritage. I'm not talking about single parents, okay? I understand the struggle. You have to balance both things. I'm not talking about your issues, but ultimately. There is a place called heaven. It's a place. In that place, there is a house. In my father's house, you have to meditate upon that place. Like I said, when I was young, it didn't matter. My exams finished. The next thing I wanted to do was go home. I never considered my grandfather's house as home. My home was where my parents were. And you know what? It was 3,000 miles away. And it didn't matter. You took the next train, three trains, five days. It didn't matter. All You went on your own that's why I know how to travel from the age of 12, 13 been traveling on my own I know even now I know Tevandra Mail, column station get down at platform number this thing at Chennai Central rush with your luggage to the next one because Coromandel will leave it is late Coromandel goes you got 30 minutes to catch Coromandel rush get into your Coromandel go through the find your seat sit in Coromandel lives. reach Havra from Havra you go to the other station which is uh, Sialda catch your train to northeast get down at Siluguri there a teacher or something mom or somebody will come to pick you home and it's home. And I travel like that year after year after year after year after year after you know what, because there's a place called home. And once I missed my first year degree exams, I didn't tell my father the exams were postponed because I didn't want to go because exams were postponed. Then it started. I was still sitting in Bhutan, missed the entire first year exam and wrote one and two together. Because for me home was bigger than that. And I've never lost the idea of home. It's a place called home. Because we are growing up with no attachment to a place called home. So what are you looking forward in heaven? There's no person. There is no home. What are you going to go for heaven? So you want to live life. Lord, tarry, 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 Lord. When I die, please take me. But there's no idea in our mind about either the family or the home. How do you overcome this fear? Because there's a person called Jesus. There's a place called heaven. There's a home. And Colossians 3, 1 to 4 will say, you know what you want to think? And it's a prepared place. It says, I have prepared. Since then you have been raised with Christ. You set your heart on things above. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. How to overcome fear. You know what? I'm willing to suffer loss here. Because even if I suffer loss, I will gain. Lord, I will gain. I will gain. So even if you are re- living in a rented place, it doesn't matter. As long as you are living there, make it a home. Make it a home. Make it a home. Even if you are a bachelor, it does not matter. Make it a home. <laughs> Homes do not know whether you are a bachelor or married. It's still a home. <laughs> it is still a home. Okay. When you get married, they add that finer touch to it. But that doesn't mean you need to live, so live like a slob. You don't have to live like a slob don't have to live like a lot. You can make your house into a home. Even if you're alone, you are not alone because there's somebody who comes to live with you and his name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. It's Jesus who makes a house into a home. And the next one which I gave you. Revelation 21, 22. Meditate on it. 21, 2 to 4. Then I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem coming down of heaven. God prepared. Okay? That's, this thing. That's the home. I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, behold the tabernacle of God. What is tabernacle? tent, house of God is with man. What does it mean? God has been waiting for 6,000 years for his family to come home. Family to come home. What is God waiting for? Waiting for his whole family to come together. And what is written? He will dwell with them. See, we are not so interested about dwelling with him. He is very interested in dwelling with us he will dwell with them. They shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And verse 4, God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. What does it mean? That means when the rapture takes place and we are with God, there's going to be a lot of weeping and crying for all that you suffered in earth. For People will weep. I know that happens. People will cry and weep. And God will wipe their tears. I said, I know, honey, you went this from me. You miss me. I understand. I understand you went from me. He will wipe our tears. How can one God wipe a million eyes? Only he can do it. If he can hear a billion prayers at the same time, he can wipe a billion eyes also at the same time. This is the reality of home. You know, you start thinking about these things, you know what happens? You start losing your fear. You know what is that? There is a place. There is a person. And I'm going home. I'm going home. Why is this so important? Because we have to overcome the fear of death. What is death? Going home. What is death? What is death? It's going home. You have to look at death completely differently. What is death? Death is grief only for the people who are alive, not the person who died. What is death? Going home. I'm going home. And the third one, look at death realistically, what is exactly death? Go home after the service, after prayer, look in the mirror. You know what you're looking at? Looking at a corpse. Looking at a corpse. That's what we are. This body is a corpse. It's dying whether you like it or not. It is dying. It doesn't matter how much you love the other person. You may say, Jaan hai, dil ke tukda hai, all that is true. Let that person die. You want to get rid of that body as soon as you can. You won't keep it. <laughs> you won't keep it. Once the spirit is gone, the body is nothing. That's why you see all of the big videos coming unwrapped in plastic seed with ties and lying on the railway station platform or hospital, this thing. What is it? The body is nothing. It's just a corpse. The spirit is gone. You look in the mirror, you know what? You are just a corpse waiting for the spirit to leave. That is all you are. You are spending all your time and attention and energy on a corpse. You are panicking over a corpse. Look at death realistically. What is death? Death is when your soul goes home. So The most important thing in life is to see that you know Christ. Most important thing is not the healing of your body. It is the saving of your soul. The, not the healing of the body. It's the saving. We have to learn to look at death. It's people who really, really do not know Christ and do not enjoy that person, is not looking for that place, is so upset and terrified when a sickness comes. I've told already. I've told it straight up. If I ever, I will not, but if I ever get cancer... Don't put me through chemo and all. I am going through all that. I'll just go home. Don't be put too into that machine, in and out, in and out. I'm not going into any machine. Nonsense. Unless God says, you should go because your work is not over. Otherwise, I'm ready to go today. You have to learn to look at death. Otherwise, it's just panic and people panic and they do all kind of crazy stuff. And the devil takes over because the devil controls people through fear. God controls people through love. Lord, I love you so much. Paul wants to go, but he doesn't go. Why God says, you stay, you need to serve my people. He says, if it's better for me to go, but better for you, I stay. If you ask me, I will go. Today, I'm willing to go. You know? And we can't these parts of the scripture and not come in. This is true. Lord, I want that to be my truth. Lord, what happens to my children? He says, one of the things which he asked, told me a long time ago. When I asked this question, Lord, what happened to my children? He said, ask me one thing question. James, who loves your children more, you or me? You want to say I, but you know it's not true. <laughs> who loves your children more than you or me? I said, Lord, you. So what are you worried about leaving? You think I can't take care of them? What is written in the Bible? The God of Abraham? No, God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. I took care of all of them. You weren't around. Abraham was not around when he took care of Isaac. Isaac was not around when he took care of Jacob. Jacob was not around when he took care of Joseph. He says, I am the God. I am the one who takes over. How long will you take care of them? Idols have to be broken. Ideas have to be broken. Otherwise, we will not come through. What is the whole idea? The problem is not the pandemic. The problem is the fear generated by the pandemic. Recklessness and fear generated by the pandemic. The fear of death. We don't have that fear. First Corinthians 15 verses 50 to 55. Two more verses and we have done. Now this I say brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. What does it mean? Unless you die, you can't go to heaven. It's a simple language. Anybody wants only the set of people who are there when Jesus comes, will be translated. Everybody else if you want to go to heaven, what do you need to do? Die. Simple translation, James translation, not King James ordinary James translation. What is that? Flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Meaning until you die you can't go there. So if you are not interested in God and his house, you don't want to die. So let us be very realistic about it. If you love God, you love Christ and he's got this prepared place for you, Lord. If I have to die, it's gain. If I live, live or die is gain. I'm okay. If I live here I serve you. If I die I go home. And after I die you don't even bother about what I am not even bothered what you do with my body. You can wrap it in a plastic sheet and put it and cremate and relatives don't, don't see my body. You know what? I am not bothered. I am not bothered. Honestly, I look at all these things. You think the corpses are bothered? If you look at this, oh, what a way to die. God says, who cares? The spirit is already gone. Like I said, I have one man who buried two people, my father my son. Never visited their graves. but so they are in there. What am I going to look for? Some dead bones. See, after you are dead, whether you are wrapped in a plastic cover and cremated with unknown people, or you are given a royal funeral at Arlington Cemetery, it makes no difference to the dead. It makes no difference to the dead. The only thing that matters is, where did your soul go? It's the only thing that matters. That's what we're talking about. Nor does corruption inherit incorruption. What is being corrupted? Right now, you young... People are sitting over there. You look so good. But I'm telling you, you're still corrupted. It's going on. Your cells are dying. Your hair is falling. Your teeth is getting degenerated. All these things are happening. Corruption set in, when did it set in? The day you were born. The day you were born, you started to die. Or maybe even in the womb itself. Corruption does not inherit in corruption. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. That's why I said there is this incredible man of God who says when eternity begins, everyone reaches God simultaneously. How it happens, we do not know. But that is God. Nobody reaches ahead, nobody reaches late. Everybody, that is how. This is time. That is timelessness, eternity. Adam and the last man reaches God at the same time. Only God can do these things. Okay, this is not magic. This is God. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put immortality. And look at this. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. So what do we say? Oh, death. it is Interesting. Interesting. Now let me ask you this question like I said in the beginning the devil is a lion roaring lion with no fangs no fangs now we will look at you see all these fellows uh, in india no with this cobra in his basket and all everybody goes ah but you do you know it has no poison that's why he is so brave and this thing and all it has no poison <laughs> He's not afraid. We are afraid because we have always seen pictures of cobra biting and people dying and all. But that cobra has no poison. I don't know whether it has teeth also. Maybe he puts a rat in the mixie and gives it to the um, snake to eat because it has no teeth. Okay, We do not know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay. Oh, you You think it is funny? You know in America you can buy frozen food which are animals for your pets. You can. Mice frozen for your cat. And do it in the microwave and feed it. When people go crazy, there's no limit to craziness. (laughs) Okay? But look at what it is basically saying. Death, where is your? Where is your? Sting. If death has lost its sting over us, why do we get so rattled when we hear about disease and death? Because the sting has not lost in our mind. See, everything is in the mind. Child is in the mind. Marriage is in the mind. Home is in the mind. Heaven is in the mind. Christ is in the mind. This has to become reality one day. In the same way, death has to lose its sting in our minds. Death has to lose its sting. Otherwise, you know what? We are giving power to the enemy through this pandemic. We are giving power. You are not afraid. You are not afraid. Nobody should die before their time because if they have their race to finish work. But if you hear about somebody, you don't have to work. Nothing we are not panicking. we are not panicking. We see 17, 18, 19-year-old die. We see 100-year-old coming out of the ICU and still praying. It's in God's hands. We don't panic. No, We don't panic. It is not like the Old Testament. Look at Revelation one seventeen and 18. And we shall pray. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. It's interesting. He fell as sweet as dead, but he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, "Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am He who lives and was dead. Behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen." That's not the key. I have the keys of hades and of death. It's not in the devil's hands. It's not in the devil's hand. You know who holds the keys? It's with Jesus. Jesus. It's with Jesus. He has the keys. He walks with you and he says, Lord, I'm afraid. He says, what? I got it. The key is with me. Of Hades and death. Nobody's going to lock you up in anymore. The key is with me. I will unlock you out. The key is not with anybody else. It is with the very person you love. The very place he wants to take is not Hades. It is heaven. Why are you afraid? That is how you overcome this fear of death. First look at death realistically. One thing. Be practical. Everyone is going to die one day sooner or later. Like these pastors, <laughs> old men of God used to say that, no? If you're going to heaven, it doesn't matter. Time doesn't matter. If you're going to hell, you can afford to be late. You don't have to hurry. Okay. Be very realistic. There's a place, there's a person, there's a place, death has lost its sting. So do not act like unbelieving people. When you hear about disease and death, don't panic. don't panic. don't panic. don't be depressed. don't be discouraged. As I close, how does Psalm 23 begin? everybody knows everybody knows Psalm 23. Children also. how does Psalm 23 begin? The, it begins with a person. The Lord is my, my It's my shepherd. How does Psalm 23 end? Come on, say loudly. I will dwell in the... It ends up with a place. Therefore, even though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? It begins with a person. It will end up in a place. You know what that place is? I will dwell with him forever and ever. So what can death do to me? This is an Old Testament saint. Not a New Testament saint who says death has lost its sting. That's how Psalm 22, that's why it's the most favorite and well-loved psalm in all of human history. You know why? It's a personal relation with a person. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I know where I am going. I shall dwell in his presence forever and ever. In between, if I have to walk through the valley of shadow of death, I will not fear. I will not fear evil. I will not fear loss. I will not fear loss. I will not fear death. Because in Christ, it's only gain. Only gain. You know what? Suddenly life looks different. The pandemic looks different. Everything looks different. Everything looks different. And unless we come to that point, you know what? We will panic. We will panic. And God will say, I love you, son. But depart all those who are fearful. That's what he says in Judges 7.3. Calls Gideon, all those who are fearful, leave. Because they cannot fight this fight. Fearful cannot fight. Not that he says depart from heaven. No. (laughs) They're not saying that. He says depart at once from Mount Gilead. Why? You can't fight this fight. You will compromise the battle. Because fear, loss, profit, loss, and it will be gone. Come honey, let's pray. Have you noticed something? Yeah. She's losing weight, I'm gaining because loss and profit. <laughs> <laughs> no she has I'm no choice. I have a choice, <laughs> but I don't know why I'm, <laughs> I'm gaining. <laughs> I'm exercising more than I ever did, but I'm gaining I think it's not the food I eat. I think you're passing it on to me. Contagious. Okay. Contagious. <laughs> a little here. Yeah. Let's pray. Come honey, you lead in prayer.
1: Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank
0: hallelujah. you, Lord. Thank you,
1: thank you, Lord. Thank you. Can we sing, fear not?
0: Yeah.
1: Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, please Peter. Fear not, for I'm with you, fear not, for I'm with you, fear not. For I'm with you, says the Lord, fear not, fear not, for I'm with you, fear not, for I'm with you, fear not, for I'm with you, says the Lord, I have redeemed you, call you by name. You are mine. Jesus. Thank when you, thank you, thank you walk you. through the waters, I'll thank be there. Thank you, and through the flames, you, no oh, you will you, not know any way thank be drowned.
0: You will not
1: know any way be burned. For thank I am Lord. with Lord, for I'm with you, Lord, yes, Lord, for I'm with you, say the Lord, hallelujah, hallelujah,
0: hallelujah, Jesus, and as we have heard the word, value life, do not fear death, value life, God has given us life, value it, use it to the fullest to serve him. It's not that we devalue life. We value it because God has given it to us. We are people who spend literally millions to keep people alive because they have a purpose to be served. No one should, no one should die before their time. Nobody. No, nobody. Each one should finish their race and should be able to say that, I finished. I fought that good fight of faith and I kept the faith. Nobody, nobody, young or old, should ever die before their time. Not, do not be presumptuous like Josiah. Good man, godly man. Died before his time. Died before his time. Or live like Methuselah. 969 years. Nothing written about what he did. Nothing. His only testimony is his name. You live for 969 years and the Bible has nothing to say about you. So we don't want to die young. We don't want to live without aim and purpose. God has got a purpose. We live life to its fullest serving Him. Full of years as the Bible says. Full of years. Like Jacob lived. Leaning on his staff. Blessing Israel. On his last breath. Blessing. Prophesying. Finishing it all. And then he rested with his fathers. We value life. We do not fear death. But death for the believer. He doesn't even die anymore. The Bible says he falls asleep in Christ. He's just going home. So those who are sick, you will live and not die. Declare the works of awesome. the Lord. Hallelujah. Those of who have died in yes, the, Lord. the Lord, yes, Lord, they have just gone home. Don't grieve like people without hope. Yes, That's the Gentiles. They have no hope. We do not grieve like people without hope. Yes, Lord. We need to learn like David. If you have lost a loved one during this pandemic and you know the loved one is with the Lord, rise up, go to the house of the Lord and worship him. Because you know, he ain't coming back, but you are going to him or her. Worship God. Yes, Lord. If it wasn't for Christ, let me tell you, you would have never, ever seen your loved one again. Yes, Jesus. Not even in hell are relatives put together.
1: Oh, hallelujah. Thank you,
0: for hallelujah. Never,
1: ever. But because of Christ. You, Jesus.
0: But because of Christ. Yes,
1: my God. Yes. So in
0: life or death, we are people of hope. Yes. We are Jesus. people of faith. Yes. We are people of courage. Yes. We are people of boldness. Yes, Therefore, we can say with boldness, what can man do to me? Yes, for he cares for me. Thank he you. said, I will never leave you. Thank no you. forsake thank you thank you Jesus
1: thank you Lord thank you thank you Father Hallelujah blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted yes Lord he's our comforter he is our wonderful counselor he is our prince of peace he is the great I am we should cling to Jesus today cling to the author and finisher of our faith cling to him cling to him today he said cast all your cares for I careth for you Yes, my God, this morning too many died. Families are mourning. But I pray, would you comfort the ones that grieve today? Yes, Lord. Comfort those spirits, my God. Comfort, comfort them, comfort them. Rock them in your bosom today, Father. Let them know, my God, that you are with them. That you will never leave us nor forsake us. Truly, truly, we have experienced God's goodness he is good all the time, and all the time, God he is, is good. good. God says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I am with you. The Lord of all comforts. Yes, you are the Lord of all comforts. Yes, Lord. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. And today we pray, my God, help us. Help us to extend that hand of love, the hand of mercy to others today. Help us. If we can do anything else, help us to pray for them. That's all you've asked us to do. Pray. Pray one for another. Pray without ceasing. Watch and pray. For the end times are evil. And unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us through Christ Jesus. We don't fear COVID. We don't fear death. But help us. Help us to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Yes, Lord. Help us. Help us to work it out with fear and trembling. Father, we just give thanks today. We give thanks. We give thanks as a spirit of oppression today. Oh Lord, I bind that spirit, my God, hallelujah. Jesus spirit of intimidation. Spirit. Intimidation. Intimidation We take
0: authority in the, in, name name of of in the name of Jesus of, of Nazareth. Jesus. We bind every spirit of fear. Every spirit of oppression, every spirit of depression and intimidation, we bind you spirits in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. We command you to release everyone who is called upon the name of Jesus. For whom the sun sets free is free indeed, wherever they are. I Hallelujah, pray they Jesus. will experience the Hallelujah. supernatural Hallelujah. peace Jesus. of God. Hallelujah. That God is Hallelujah. in control. Hallelujah. As the psalmist Hallelujah. said, even though I walk through, through the valley, valley of the shadow, shadow of death, 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 I will fear no, no evil, evil. But thou art with me. Right. Yes, Lord, you're a good God. Yes, Lord. Therefore you're I will yourself. not fear evil. Yes, Lord. You're a good God. Yes Lord. You are always yes, good. Lord, you never change according to my circumstances. Yes, my God. Yes, you're yes. good and you're yes. always good and all your ways towards us are good, good. Lord. Yes, Lord. And we shall experiencing the goodness and the yes, mercy Lord. of yes, God all, all the days, days of our life. In life Hallelujah. or in death, you are good. good, good. You cannot change, your Lord. And good we and rebuke God. these powers, O oh Lord, God. who tries yes. to discourage your people, yes, depress Lord. your people, so that they die before their time, Lord. When that spirit came upon Elijah, even Elijah wanted yes, to Lord. die, oh Lord. Yes, Lord. He wouldn't kill himself, Hallelujah. because he knew Hallelujah. it was wrong. Yes, he was Lord. crying out to you to take his life, yes, O oh Lord. Yes, there yes, are a lot Lord. of people during this time who are crying out, oh Lord. <laughs> they are Christians. Yes, they know suicide is wrong. So they are crying out, Lord, take my life life i come against that spirit in the name of jesus of nazareth lord you have not given us that spirit the spirit you have given us is the spirit of power yes the spirit of love Love, and that of a sound mind of god i pray the mind will be sober they will know this is the deception of the enemy my My race is not over my work is not over we We have to finish our work we We have to finish our race and enter into god's presence with our hands full and not empty handed. Oh Father, I speak courage. I speak vision into lives of people, Lord. Hearts of people that they will know they have been loved for a long, long time, Lord. Lord. Even before the foundation of the world was set. You chose us. As you told through Jeremiah, I have loved you You with an everlasting love. Help us to focus on you, Lord, today. Let your hearts and minds be focused on Christ Jesus, the one who loves us, the one who cares for us, the one who forgets his pain, his agony on the cross and looks to whom he can bless. Forgives his enemies, blesses the one who cursed him a little earlier yes, Lord. and takes him into paradise with yes, him. Yes, oh, Lord. Father, who is concerned about his living mother where she would stay after he's dead and gone. Oh, Father, and he's worthing in agony jesus. hanging on the cross jesus. but his mind is entirely jesus. stayed on you yes. and the people whom you love oh god oh that is the Thank power jesus. that broke the power Thank of death jesus. oh Thank lord you jesus. jesus was not Thank depressed lord. on the cross he was not downcast on the cross lord. death had no power on him oh yes. lord because his heart was stayed on you yes. and jesus. on your work on earth yes. till his last yes. moment lord. and when Thank he died lord. he said unto your hands are coming to my spirit, Lord. Jesus. He was absolutely sure where he was going. Thank you, Lord. And that assurance, I pray, you give it to all your children, wherever they are, wherever they are. But no one will die before their time. Yes. Where they are in Egypt, our children, all there who have got COVID. In in Morocco, those who have COVID. In New York, Larry and Sammy who have COVID. Church Sharon, our kids over here: Avinash, Isha, Hannah. All of them, Father, everywhere in Maharashtra, all the places where they have called, you shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. No one shall die before their time. If somebody goes, that was God's appointed time. Do not be discouraged. Do not be depressed. And in Afghanistan,